as clearly as the sound of the morning bells through the valleys of Switzerland, calling the peasants to early prayer and praise. The candidate for ministry must move like a man in secret bonds or chains. Necessity is laid upon him. His choice is not a preference among alternatives. Ultimately, he has no alternative. All other possibilities become dumb. There is only one clear call sounding forth is the imperative summons of the eternal God. Amen? Just powerful, powerful statement. I want to talk to you for a little bit this morning about the call of God. You know that many of you know my testimony, and I just shared just a little bit. I was 16. My father put a, a bullet in his head and died within my arms. I splung to the street, in and out of trouble, became a professional rock musician, was on tour, developed a stomach ailment. I uh, ended up going to study at, at uh, Wisconsin Conservatory of Music, and there a guy shared Jesus Christ with me that changed my life forever. And that just, that born again experience woke me up to who he is. But at the same time, there was this wooing to a deeper place with him. I can remember even as I had gotten saved, I was still, come on, straddling the fence. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And I always share this story because it was one of those vivid times that I knew that God was saying that he wanted to go, me to go deeper with him. And I, and I remember as I was playing this club in Milwaukee, and I remember walking back to my amp to grab the, the, the beer off my amp, and I clearly heard the voice of God saying, you can't live in both worlds. You're going to have to make a choice. And each time I would step a little bit further, and then I would just sense in my spirit because of the major thing that God did, because God miraculously healed me when I got saved. It was incredible. That's how I was led to Christ. But it was in the middle of that that I just began going, God, what is going on? And then I remember this night I was out jogging. It was late in the night, and, and I was making this turn, and I could feel the pressure of God. Come on. Coming down on me, asking the simple question, would I be his messenger? Would I be willing to give my life all to him? And I remember as I turned that corner, just saying out as I was just jogging, and I said, God, I'll be your voice. I'll do what you want, go where you want me. I, you know, God, I'll do that. And it was that night that I remember surrendering. And then all of a sudden, a little bit later, my mom begins telling me, my mom, some of you know my mama, come on now, pray for me. But my mom, when she was growing up, she thought she was going to be a nun. God, now that's a stretch. Come on now. <laughs> I can see you don't know my mother the way I know her. But, <clears throat> but when she walked away from that, she walked away with it with a promise. That God told her one of her children would launch into ministry. And she'll be the first to tell you I was not high on the list. Come on. I'm sure she probably thought it was one of her daughters as usual. But it was amazing how my mom began to recognize the hand of God. And that God was calling me into the ministry. 
And it's very similar for some of you. You had that kind of experience. But for others of you in this room, somebody recognized it in your life just like my mom did before even I did. It's the call of Samuel, Samuel. Running by Eli. What, what, what? What's going on? I didn't call you. Go lay down. Samuel, Samuel. What's, hey, hey. What's, I didn't call you. Go lay down. Samuel, Samuel. And then comes in Eli and he goes, Eli says, Eli figures it out. Man, God's calling you, son. Next time he says something to you, you ought to just sit down and say, say what? <laughs> Amen. And some of you, you've been moved along the way that way. And I can remember my younger brother, Mark, who my mom had figured it out that, you know, God was calling me forth. Mark was a member in the band at one time, and he told mom, oh, don't worry about it, he'll come back. And I remember my mom telling him, saying, no, not, not this time, Mark. He's gone. And she just knew in her heart that, the, you know, the call was going to be fulfilled. And it was during those times that all of a sudden the very things that once gave me pleasure, come on, no longer gave me pleasure. The things that once excited me, come on, being a Packer fan, come on now. What? Say what? Then I blew them off and went to the Saints. Come on now, hey! How can you not root for the saints? They at least got the name right. Come on now. Niners. What is that? What is that? We won't even go to Raiders. You know that sounds too close to something else. Come on now. (laughs) Hallelujah. But it came to a place in my life where I realized, you know what? Nothing was more precious to me than the call of God on my life. It wasn't long before I realized things that other people could do, God would no longer allow me to do. And I understood very clearly as the longer I've walked in in and been a part of the ministry what Paul was saying to Timothy when he said, the things which you've heard from me in the presence of many witnesses entrust these to faithful men who are able to teach others also. That's the key. Some of you in here, you will not make it in ministry for one simple reason. Because you don't know what it means to be faithful. When you look at Paul, when Paul defines his own life, a little bit later I'll read that scripture, he says that I was found faithful. The inability for you to stay faithful to the minute things in your life only will be exasperated, you might say, when you enter into ministry. Only be heightened. If you can't learn to be faithful to your prayer time, Faithful to your Bible study. Faithful to your classes. Come on now. Faithful to the assignments in your class. You'll prove yourself unworthy of the call that God has placed upon you. Amen? So I'm going to rip through some things here in about 11 minutes. Come on now. Then we're going to pray. When we talk about the call, there's the general call of salvation. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you a rest. John three sixteen. For so for God so loved the world, He gave His only Son for everyone. Then there's a call to service that each and every person, every believer, acts for. When it says they were scattered, they all went out preaching, sharing the gospel. When it talks about you and I as ministers, what is our purpose? Our purpose is to equip the saints for the work of what? The service. Amen. Church is not about just showing up on Sunday. 
Every one of us, every church you pastor, every ministry you're a part of, every person in that ministry has their place in the kingdom of God. It needs to find that. It is your job, my job, to help them find that. And then there is a specific call to ministry, which is Ephesians 4.11. And he gave apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers. The very first thing that I want to share with you is this, that it is an eternal call. In other words, it begins in the heart of God. It's God-centered. And you have to get that down on the inside of you today. Because S-U-M cannot call you. Your mama cannot call you. Your pastor cannot call you. Your denomination cannot call you. The call of God is something that must originate in the heart of God. And God say, I want to use you. Come on. I love Galatians 1.1. Listen to what Paul says here. He says, Paul, an apostle, not sent from men, nor through any agency of man but through Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. Verse 15 and on, he says this, But when God who set me apart even from my mother's womb and called me through his grace was pleased to reveal his son in me so that I might preach him among the Gentiles. He said, I did not immediately consult with flesh and blood, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles. But I went away to Arabia and returned once more to Damascus. I'm not sure if this mic has a new battery in it or not, but it is popping off. In 1 Timothy 1.12, he said this, I thank Jesus Christ, our Lord, who strengthened me because he considered me what? Faithful, putting me into the ministry. Acts 9.15.16, but the Lord said to, to him, Go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine, speaking of Paul, to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the sons of Israel. For I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. It's a holy calling. And it needs to be treated as such. It's sacred. It's why this school will never turn into a liberal arts school. It is the reason when you look in the Old Testament, you see the school of the prophets where God pulled them aside separately. You see Jesus and his twelve. You don't see Jesus as 12 and then all his businessmen and his worship leaders and everybody else. It's Jesus and the 12 apostles. It's a holy calling. It's a sacred calling. And we need to celebrate our individuality, our diversity. You're unique. We're living in a day where everybody wants to get us conformed together. I'm into unity but not conformity. Come on. Let me be who I am. I like being me. I always say to the guys, I said my, you know, they're always asking, what's your first gonna book book gonna be? And I always tell them, my first book's gonna probably be about God. Send us some not so good looking preachers. Come on, somebody. It seems today that the world and even the church is trying to tell you what you got to look like in order to be a preacher. Come on, unless you got fine Jerry curls, come on now. You got dreadlocks, you'll. Come on, you know I wouldn't look good in dreadlocks. Come on now. 
If you don't dress a certain way, if you don't look a certain way, if you don't talk a certain way, if you ain't got this cool or that cool going on, you really aren't qualified for ministry. I got a firm belief God knows who He's calling. And what changes lives is the anointing of the Spirit upon His messengers. Not because you're looking all cool. Come on. So celebrate it. Anytime that you're preaching and God's looking from heaven, looking down, going, who is that? You're in trouble. God's going like, that is a bad impersonation of T.D. Jakes right there, man. Come on. Just be who you are. I don't want you to be like me. I don't want you to be like your teachers. I want you to be you empowered by God. God created you unique. Celebrate that uniqueness. And don't allow anybody to put you in a box. And say, because you don't do this, you don't do that, you're not very good at this. Come on. God knows who he's calling. Every call is original. Some are extraordinary. Moses in the bush. Isaiah, the vision of the Lord. The seraphim. Does God send me? Jeremiah, same thing. Acts, you know, Paul, who smacked off the horse. Bam! He said, okay, I surrender. Some, though, Timothy, John Mark, you can list almost all the apostles, many of them, they didn't have such great whatever experiences. But each one was called. Again, just celebrate who God called you to be. People ask me all the time, how do you know whether or not you're called? And if you read the brochure that I put out, you'll know. I always go back to Luke 4, 18 and 19. Because it's Jesus' mission statement. If it's Jesus' mission statement, it's got to be our mission statement. Come on. There ain't 14 different mission statements going around. He said, preach the gospel of the poor, proclaim uh, release to the captives, recover your sight to the blind, to set free those who are oppressed, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. If there's something you'd rather do than that, you probably should be doing that. Pretty simple. But if inside you, like in Jeremiah, and like in the heart of Paul, that woe to me if I don't preach the gospel, come on. If I ain't laying hands on the sick, casting out devils, come on. If that isn't what rocks your boat, then you probably are in the wrong place. You need to check out now because it's only going to get bumpier from here. But for a man or woman that's truly called, you know in your heart, there is no alternative. Amen? All the great prophets, all the great men of God, they're like, man, I had enough, I'm out of here. And they take two steps and then you get where Peter goes. Peter said, oh, stink, where am I going to go? Come on, you got the words of life. You got you arrested my heart. I, I can't go nowhere. Come on. If you got a backup plan, 14 backup plan, man, then you probably need to go do them. You got to be all in. Know that God has called you. Amen. And the call of God many times is dependent upon the will of God. Now I share this Colossians 1, 9 through 10. For this reason also, since the day we heard of it, we have not ceased to pray for you and ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding so that you may what? Again, if you're walking in his will, what? Come on. That you can walk worthy of the Lord, you can please him all strength, you can bear fruit, and you can increase in the knowledge of him. In other words, if you're not in the center of God's will, those things are impossible. 
Many times people, when we were up at, uh, at the general council, several folks that came and talked to me, I'd share this every time. How do when they say, how do you know uh, to become a success? And I'm like, well, there's a success in the world, and there's a success with God. Success with God is a dependent, as I said, on the will of God, which is this, that I'm serving in the right place, in the right season of my life, with the right attitude. If you don't get those three together, you're in trouble. How many have seen people in the wrong place yet you knew they were called? How many have seen people in the right place, good attitude, but it was the wrong season? They should have waited before they stepped up where they were at. Then how many people have seen people in the right place, at the right season of their life, but they're kicking and screaming against God because they don't even want, you know, they don't even want to be there, whatever the reason is. Their attitude stinks. Come on. You sent me to Bible college. I don't want to go here. I hate it. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about right there. And you may feel inadequate. Come on, every preacher feels inadequate. Is there anybody in here that you just think you're the beginning and end of all things? Come on now. Moses, and the Lord, please, Lord, I have never been eloquent neither recent nor in the past. Come on. Don't you love how Moses just covers the bases? Hey, I was no good in the past. I ain't no good now. <laughs> I've never been a good speaker. For I'm slow to speech and slow to tongue. And the Lord who has made the mouth or what makes him music. And it says the Lord begins to get, become angry with him. Jeremiah, same thing. Then I said, alas, O Lord, behold, I do not know how to speak because I'm a youth. Man, we all have those things. Come on. Sometimes I believe failure is like what I lived through with my father and some of the things that some of you have gone through. They actually qualify you for ministry. Amen? So whenever you sit there and go, God, I, I'm not as good a preacher as this person, or I'm, I'm not as good as organizer as this person, or I'm not a good administrator, I'm not this, you know, you just blah, 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 blah. Golly. Do you know, no matter how you look at that, pride's from both sides. Pride can step up and go, hey! Come on, baby. You know that's true. Loose the angels. Let them sing. <laughs> Come on now. Or you can be over here. Oh, I'm just not good looking. No, I'm not talking about myself. No, come on. I, I just don't have any skills. I can't speak. I can't. Hey, both of those are pride. Both of those are ego-driven. Each of those, that extreme and this extreme, both are rooted in your flesh. That's just for preaching. <laughs> and the last thing, we'll close with this. Mark chapter 3. You begin with Mark, you got to end with Mark. Come on now. And he went up to the mountain... Verse 13, and summoned those he himself wanted, and they came to him, and he appointed 12 so that they would be with him, and that he would send them out to preach and have authority to cast out demons. He's called his disciples to him and then to be with him. It's not a call, hear me now. And it's just amazing because this is true, I'm finding it now is true in other nations around the world. People being called in the ministry because they see it as a 
step in the direction of prosperity or notoriety or in a, posi- in a place of position that people can look at me and, whoa, do you know who that is? It's like, whoa, you're being attracted for all the wrong reasons. That's why I love the gospel of, of Mark. If you get Mark chapter 8, I'm going to suffer, I'm going to die, I'm going to be crucified. Peter, what are you, crazy? Okay, you don't get it. Mark chapter 9, I'm going to suffer, I'm going to die, I'm going to be crucified. Hey, we were just wondering which one of us is the greatest here. Mark chapter 10, man, I'm going to be suffer, I'm going to die, I'm going to be crucified. Hey, me and my brother were just discussing, is it possible we can sit on your right and on your left? Jesus got to be going, what is wrong here? Every time I'm talking about, come on, crucifixion, death and dying and sacrifice, you guys are talking about self-exaltation. I'm going one way, you're going another way. Something's wrong here. And so much of ministry today seems to be being geared that direction. We have been called to be with Him. You are called to fall in love with Him. Because if you don't know Him, every sacrifice will seem to a place of like, whoa, I just can't go there. Everything that He asks you to do, it'll just be like, whoa, that's, that's just too great a thing to ask. They were to be his witnesses. And just as he did with every other great prophet, every other great man or woman of God that he called, if you read Jeremiah 1 through the very first thing that he did for Jeremiah was to reassure Jeremiah, I called you. I called you. Don't worry about it. He will place that assurance within you. But you've got to be willing, amen, to pay the price that he's asked of you. It has got to be said over your life, you were found faithful. Amen. That you were found faithful to everything that God has entrusted into your hands. And guys, it starts with the smallest things. It's, it's just steps in your life. If you started here, it won't be long before God will begin moving you along. So you can't leap past this season of your life. Because one thing that college does is college says to everyone that you were faithful and you endured to the end. Because I've watched so many students through the years that have bailed out in the middle of the process. And can I tell you today, I don't know a one of them that's doing anything for God. And we're talking, what, 22 years, 21 years, whatever it is. But those who remained faithful, set their hand to the plow, didn't look back, just kept on plowing. God is doing amazing things and has launched them all over the world. And we're believing that for you. Amen? Let's stand together.